Welcome to Tech Talk Back. I'm Dave Matthews, and it's the end of 2019. While most bloggers and podcasts are talking about the end of this decade and what pivotal changes we had, I'm going to talk about how you can make the most of the next decade by saving money and cleaning up your digital life. The year 2020 was supposed to provide us flying cars, and we've only had limited self-driving visions of that from Google's spin-off Waymo and Elon's controversial and sometimes suicidal autopilot of the Tesla. Bell Helicopter and several startups, even Uber, well, can we still call them a startup after their IPO failure? Well, they're working on VTOL. That means vertical takeoff and landing drone-like helicopters. But these will either be flown by an in-cockpit pilot or a remote control position pilot. I'm not sure how I feel about the lack of, is compassion the word of this? With a pilot not in the same situation as I am as a traveler, should things go awry. I just saw a Radio Shack advertisement from the 90s, and 90% of the items on the front page, that's the prime real estate of print, were replaced by one, your smartphone. Gone are the camcorders and cassettes, the CD players, the cameras. But those brick phones became $1,000 pocket computers that have made some entrepreneurs who designed applications millionaires. So the justification of this single expensive device could outweigh the dozens of others you might have needed to buy in the past. How can we make the most of smartphones without financial subsidies that the carriers removed with the last three generations of iPhones? What I mean by the term subsidy is this. Phone carriers used to pay $325 per new user on activation that a company like Radio Shack, <laughs> do you remember them? I used to work as one of their inventors in the early 2000s. Well, they would get paid, Radio Shack that is, for your year contract of service. Remember phone contracts? How about limitations on call minutes, texts, and rollovers? What the hell is a rollover? Anyway, cellular phones were very inexpensive in these days, even with their small screens, low-resolution cameras, and tiny batteries that would last an entire week. Remember charging once or twice a week? Well, the tiny CPUs within those phones were meant for taking calls and sending text messages. Your phone dies today because you're keeping multiple apps, which probably use GPS, connected to high-speed links throughout the course of a long work and social day. There were dozens of manufacturers of these devices as well. So there were a lot of tiny components being bought by competitive players like Ericsson, LG, Motorola, Nokia, Samsung, and the like. These phones would cost retailers and carriers a couple hundred dollars, and you would in turn be sold them for zero to two hundred dollars, and the retailers could still make a nice profit on you from the carrier kickback. But Radio Shack, who had 7,200 stores within five minutes or five miles of 90% of U.S. homes, or so they told me during orientation, well, they were making millions of dollars in carrier subsidies. That's their term for it, from 1997 through 2002. And around that time is when they hired me because they were losing the revenue stream as the gig was up. You see, the carriers like AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon began building their own retail stores so they could control the messaging, service offerings, take payments, and upsell the customer on complicated plans and devices, which would hopefully bring more utilization called ARPU, or average revenue per user, to their pocketbooks. And as the phones got larger and more expensive, pixel-dense OLED, which means organic light-emitting diodes, those screens, their massive batteries, which far outscale in mass the CPU and memory boards inside the phone, 
and the cost of making them further got expensive. For instance, the latest iPhone 11 Pro, which adds more cameras on top of the already ridiculous amount, and an even larger battery for half-day operation, adds to the cost of the already capable iPhone 10. That was three years ago. But you don't need a new camera. I mean, wait, you don't need a new smartphone every year. In fact, the upgrade cycle is moving to three years, as am I. Yes, the early adopter, gadget guy Dave Matthews, is pulling back from spending $1,000 a year to something more manageable. And since my iPhone 10 had a $300 trade-in from the iPhone 6 that I was using, and it's now paid off from two years of cellular add-ons to my bill, I'm moving to a carrier which was formerly an MVNO, or Mobile Network Virtual Operator. In fact, the main four carriers are themselves becoming virtual operators as companies like Ericsson are running managed networks as a service for them. Carriers spent billions on the LTE, 4G, and upcoming 5G radio licenses, and they don't need the capital expenditure to build and run the network. It's like a cloud computer service for them, but for the radio waves. The number two U.S. carrier, AT&T, has even bought up their MVNO partners like GoPhone and Cricket, which got rolled into the product AT&T prepaid wireless. That's the network that I'm now on. And I paid $300 for a year of service with eight gigabytes of bandwidth a month, unlimited calls, roaming in Canada and Mexico, and unlimited texts. But that was the same amount that I paid for a mere quarter on my old carrier. Oh, of which I was only using eight gig of my unlimited plan. So that's how I knew it was okay to switch. So you can check out the Tech Talkback website for the other MVNO providers like Visible on Verizon and how they stack up to each other in competition. You can also head to techtalkback.com to see what I'm doing to eliminate the streaming media subscriptions that slowly dripped money out of my bank account. For instance, I used to pay $3 a month at Apple for my iPhone and iPad backup plan. And now their 99 cent a month plan gives me 50 gigabytes of storage. So I used the image capture application on my Mac to remove old photos from my phone. And I had more than enough space. Plus, I want peace of mind with backups. In case I lose my phone when I'm out traveling, if I'm taking photos for under $12 a year versus $35 a year for their next storage tier, I know my phone and its data are safe. And if you're an Android human, the Google Cloud, called One, has tiers around the same ballpark at $20 a year for a doubled amount of 100 gigabytes of storage. You can count this also against your Gmail, Photos, and Drive files too. So here's what I'm doing for the year 2020 to get back into real touch with people in front of me and not fall into the digital black hole of these devices. Number one, I'm using Screen Time, which is built into iOS, or it's an app for the Android, to show which applications are taking your time on screen. Get it? For instance, I've dropped Instagram use significantly thanks to this operating system awareness. It shows you every week what you've done, and you can make adjustments that following week. Number two, everyone should do this, and that's remove Facebook from your phone for two reasons. First, they track your location constantly, even if you don't allow the app GPS from settings. And they're doing this by the VIP address that you connect to their servers with. They do this to market to you and just be generally creepy. So the Messenger app, you may want to delete as well. 
because it has some of the same software behind it, even though it's not the Facebook app, which is a huge time suck. And then third, reach out and touch someone. You remember that? That was AT&T's tagline for calling. And if you think it's weird to talk to someone, well, then send them a text message and ask if you can give them a call now in five minutes or whatever. They'll probably appreciate it. Hey, I'm Gadget Guy Dave Matthews, and this is Tech Talk Back. Let us know how much you save per month by dropping these vampire charges to your account and take a look at the MVNOs and discounted streaming service bundles that we mentioned at techtalkback.com. And stay tuned for our next episode in 2020. Bye-bye.